Welcome back to Love Letters and Mixtapes. I am so glad you're here. This is a weekly podcast with new episodes every Sunday and Monday morning. The inspiration for this podcast was a desire to talk about things that our younger selves needed to hear, whether that was 30 years ago, 3 years ago, or yesterday. After you listen to this episode, please make sure to subscribe on your favorite listening platform. You can rate it and review it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Audible. And if you enjoy this episode, please consider sponsoring this podcast with a monthly donation. You can do that by clicking the link in my Instagram bio or scrolling down to the notes section of this episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am so grateful to be sitting here today recording episode 50 of this podcast, and I just wanted to take a moment before we start this episode to really thank everyone who listens in, all the people who send me messages after they listen to an episode that really resonates with them, people who engage on social media. I just appreciate all of your support. And I want you to know that the intention of this podcast is always to ensure that People feel seen and heard, and if it's landing that way, I am just so happy and so grateful. A few weeks ago, I sat down to write the outline for this particular podcast episode, and I had no idea that on the day of recording this episode today, I would find myself in perfect alignment with this topic. I've actually had a really rough week. I had to go to the ER. I am still not feeling that well, and I'm doing my best to record, so I hope that you'll offer me some grace if this episode doesn't come out perfectly. The topic of this episode is running away from ourselves, and this week was a really powerful reminder that for me personally, when I am sick, when I am not at my best, when I have messed something up, when I've dropped the ball in some way, Those are the times when I cannot wait to run away from myself. Those moments when I probably need the most compassion and the most grace and the most support and to, you know, just anchor into myself. That's the precise moment when I want to escape. So this episode is really dedicated to anyone who resonates with that, anyone who runs away from themselves in those moments when it would serve us better to just sit and be in presence and to be patient. (laughs) This episode's for you. Another thing that I notice when I sit down to outline these episodes is that I find myself getting a little self-conscious. And despite being on episode 50 already, it still happens to me. Something will rise up in my consciousness throughout the week, and I will sit down to write about it, And I find myself almost talking myself out of sharing it. And the story I tell myself is that absolutely no one can relate, that this wouldn't make sense to anyone except me, and that no one really talks about these things and no one even thinks about these things. So who do I think I am and what do I think I'm doing? I'm a party. (laughs) You can tell. (laughs) 
It's really interesting inside my mind. But then I bring myself back down to earth and I do my best to make space for some humility because I do not need to be a mind reader or tapped into some predictive algorithm in order to share truthfully and to connect with all of you. And that's always been the purpose of this. So for me, it's really important to honor that intention. I actually had a conversation a few weeks ago with a friend, and they were sharing something very sensitive and very raw and painful for them. And I reminded them that I wanted to hear about things that they were going through and that I was interested in their truth, not their perfection. And I shared that because I know for myself that when someone creates that space for me to show up without having to edit myself or pose or posture or make myself more likable or digestible, the conversation ends up being so much different. It really brings you to different places of intimacy and vulnerability, and it gets so real, and it's also so healing. And so this week, I thought that it was a good reminder for all of us here, especially me, that perfection is not required when we are being vulnerable and connecting with others. And it's also a good reminder that our perfection is not required when we are being vulnerable and authentic and connecting with ourselves. That's specifically what I needed to do this week when I was sitting in the ER and I was in a ton of pain and I was scared and I was nervous and I immediately turned on myself instead of turning towards myself. And I share that here not because I need support from listeners in that way, but because I think it's something that a lot of us do. And that's the precise moment when we can use all the emotional tools that we've been adding to our toolkit and use them with ourselves. Because I think sometimes we tell ourselves we're only doing that to interact with and communicate with the outside world. Like, I have these emotional tools so I can deal with my family or people at work or my partner. But every now and then we need the reminder that these emotional tools help us to deal with us the longest and most important relationship of our entire lives. And I think about this edited version of ourselves that I was referring to, that posturing and posing that we sometimes do to protect ourselves, the one that we find ourselves automatically cultivating in moments of discomfort and wearing like a mask or using as a passport to move through the world. Maybe that's actually blocking us from connection, from being seen and heard and received by the people who would actually love us the most. My little experience in the ER and with a bunch of doctors and pharmacists afterwards was really interesting because I wasn't communicating what I needed. And at one point I just broke down in tears. And it's a really powerful example that I think that I'm relieving other people of a burden of dealing with me when actually they want access to me. And I've just been sort of turning that over in my mind this week as I process all the events that happened and as I kind of put together more notes for this episode. And I invite you to pause for a moment and think about that. In what ways do you think that you are helping other people by not making yourself a burden? or by not showing all sides of yourself 
And actually, you are just blocking someone from accessing you. I shared in a recent episode that the message I most want to embody for the people I interact with is that their perfection is not needed, but their truth is always welcome. Because I believe that sharing the truth of who we are will take us to emotional spaces that perfection couldn't even dream of. And I know that the culture is always encouraging us to do things to get out of self. And I share a lot about that here because it feels pretty harmful to us as a collective. We are always bombarded with all the different ways that we can escape ourselves, ways that we can get out of self or put distance between us and our divinity or our higher self or a higher power or our community. We are not encouraged to access ourselves and to access other people in a really strong, healthy, and consistent way. And part of the reason that this getting out of self is encouraged by society is if we are dependent on outside things for validation, for emotional regulation, and for self-worth, then we are easier to manipulate. We are constantly chasing a high. If we are in a constant state of inebriated consumption, then we have no urge to self-reflect ground ourselves, or self-regulate. And none of this is a conspiracy theory, by the way. (laughs) I think we as humans have been doing this since time began. Maybe that's part of our journey here. And everyone goes through it. And while we have every substance imaginable available to us almost 24 hours a day, one of the most powerful drugs out there is free. And there's an endless supply and there are no restrictions, and that is getting out of self by pointing a finger at other people. And when are we doing this? We do this when we judge other people, when we diagnose them, when we take their personal inventory. We do this when we're passive-aggressive, when we justify or rationalize our lashing out or boundary-crossing behavior. We do this when we place people on pedestals or assign them attributes that they never identified with, and then weaponize these things against them to knock them off the pedestal when we don't get what we want from them. And the key to all of these statements, the word I want you to hear the most, is we. Because we all do this. Obviously, some do this more than others or with less mindfulness about it, but we all do this. So the point is not to reject the parts of ourselves that do this, but to invite them in, to get close with them, to get to know these parts of ourselves better, and see what's really going on underneath the surface. And that's what I was referring to when I was talking about accessing parts of ourselves and accessing other people. It's not having no boundaries, it's about having a healthy boundary. Now, social media is probably the best example of this. There is endless content directing us to get out of ourselves while it pats us on the head for being self-aware. And we have all seen the content with checklists for how to identify things that we don't like in other people. But where is the content encouraging us to witness ourselves first? To ask ourselves the tough questions. To say, is there some part of me that wants to get out of self 
And what changes would occur in my mental, emotional, and spiritual life if I took all the energy that I pour into judging other people and used it to nourish and to get to know myself better? What if every time we had a thought about another person, place, or thing, we paused to ask ourselves, in what way am I focusing on this in order to run away from myself? Another tool to use in these moments when we find ourselves escaping the present moment by judging another person is to pause and ask ourselves, in what way, even if it is just 1%, do I engage in the same thoughts and behavior as this person who is taking my attention? What story do I tell myself about my own behavior in order to justify this in myself and judge another person for it? What is it about this moment or myself that I am attempting to get away from? What would it feel like to step away from hypervigilance and step towards presence? Now, it's important to note that discernment is not the same as judgment. Observation is not the same as hypervigilance. And being an aware witness is not the same as finger pointing. So what's the difference between these things? Because it can feel very subtle, yet be miles apart. And I believe that the latter is about presence and the ability to sit with discomfort, to sit with all the feelings that come up without having to escape into a thought pattern or a behavior that turns someone else into an other. And that's other with quotes around it. And I remember this topic coming up in a lot of 12-step meetings and me being a little confused about it when I first began that journey. I'm pretty sure that every single newcomer is confused about it when they begin. We think, aren't we doing this work so that we can be in better relationship with ourselves and others? And now you're telling me to pay less attention to people, to put the attention on myself, but to not be selfish? That makes no sense. And I bring it up because it is such a normal reaction. We have to do that work. We can't just skip by that step of sorting out all the pieces in our minds and figuring out where these new behaviors fit into a world where we are constantly being encouraged to escape ourselves. But the part that we don't initially understand in these situations is that it's about being in a better relationship with people, not by hypervigilance, judgment, or virtue testing them, but by being of service to them. By showing up to all of the relationships in our lives and constantly looking for ways to contribute, to connect, and to be present, instead of saying, what can I get out of this? This takes practice. It is not an overnight process. And it's probably something that we can work on for a lifetime. I don't know that we can eradicate that impulse in ourselves altogether. And I don't think that we are failures if we are unable to do that. Much like the practice of meditation, it's not about never falling away from the focus. It's about knowing to instantly bring yourself back into alignment when you find yourself distracted. This practice is also not just about working on ourselves. It's about increasing our empathy, compassion, and understanding of other people. 
because the extent to which we require perfection in a person, place, or thing is equivalent to our inability to allow space for a higher power, something bigger than us, to move through our lives. When we place a high value on people, places, or things behaving or unfolding according to our plans and schemes, we actually close ourselves off from miracles, grace, growth, like all those good things. It's so attractive to believe that our lessons only need to be transmitted through easy experiences or what we deem positive experiences. But how often have we learned life-changing lessons from people and situations that were so much less than perfect? My friend Dan once told me that if I ended up being given every single thing that I thought was perfect for me, that I would have sold myself short by miles. And I did not really understand that when he first said it. I was like, I think I know what I want. I think I know what I need. And he was like, no, your vision is limited. There is something so much bigger than us that knows the lessons we need to learn and the way that it needs to be delivered. Because the truth is that we have no idea what is needed for our growth in any relationship or situation. We may know what we want, but I'm often humbled by how far away that is from what we actually need at times. I'm pretty sure spirit regularly slips into skin and enters this world in broken places to reveal our wounds, our compassion, our character defects, and our potential. It reveals our capacity in all the ways that we refuse to access ourselves and other people. And a great question to ask ourselves in these moments where we find ourselves grasping at someone's flaws as a way to get out of self is, am I seeking authenticity or am I demanding perfection and an opportunity to judge someone else? Now I want to pivot for a little bit and take a look at how we run away from ourselves in our romantic or intimate relationships. And I know we all like to think that it's always the other person's fault and they need to work on themselves. But for the sake of the topic of this episode, what if we pulled that energy back a little bit and took a look at ourselves in the mirror and considered how we are showing up in relationships and sometimes using them as a tool to escape ourselves? One of the most terrifying, clarifying, purifying, and holy things that can happen in our time on earth is to really be seen by another human being. And yet we sometimes run from the exact thing we want because when it actually happens, it's so much better and painful and more intense and revealing than we thought it could ever be. There's this quote that I heard in a meeting once that really speaks to how bittersweet it is to be seen and to see other people with full vulnerability. I am personally convinced that the basic search of every human being from the cradle to the grave is to find at least one other human being before whom he can stand completely naked, stripped of all pretense or defense, and trust that person not to hurt him because the other person has stripped himself naked too. These words are so powerful, and I think that all of us can relate to that desire. 
But what happens when we won't allow ourselves to show up in these emotional spaces? What does it look like when we attempt to distract ourselves or self-sabotage or test another person in order to feel safer while simultaneously making them feel less safe, less loved, or less certain? What happens when we push other people away in an effort to escape ourselves or do the opposite and drown ourselves in other people to escape ourselves? This is something that I touched on quite a bit in episode 16 on imposter syndrome. And I thought it was important to bring up imposter syndrome in this conversation about relationships because so often imposter syndrome is only discussed in relation to our academic or professional accomplishments. But imposter syndrome tells us that we have to be someone else in order to be accepted, respected, or loved. It tells us that we need something outside of ourselves to make us feel better because we feel unlovable, unworthy, untrusting of our own feelings or the feelings expressed by others. We find ourselves being hypervigilant, always waiting for the other shoe to drop in the relationship, always looking for the flaw, the lie, the scam, the, the angle that someone else has on us. And sometimes that waiting, that feeling of looking over our shoulder all the time, of judging someone else, of constantly doing an inventory of them or of turning away from ourselves is actually more uncomfortable and more distracting than the end of the relationship, the inevitable ending we think is going to happen, so why not do this instead? Our relationships are such powerful mirrors. I mean, think about it. What is more painful to deal with than looking at the parts of ourselves that we deem unacceptable, that someone else loves with ease, understanding, and acceptance? You would think we would just melt into these relationships and savor the feeling of being loved for who we are in this moment. But instead, sometimes we find ourselves focusing on the painful truth that love brings up everything that love is not. And by that I mean love brings up all of our memories. And instead of being in the present, We can return to our wounds and focus on all the times that we felt unlovable, unwanted, rejected, or unworthy. And it's so much more vibrant and hard to ignore when someone shows us love. And it's such a strange catch-22. We can tell ourselves a really harmful story, and it goes like this. If I ruin things first, then this other person won't ever realize that I'm not all that great or I'm not all that lovable, or that I do have some flaws, or I have a past, or when they inevitably do realize all this, they will leave me. And it reinforces this idea that I have that they would never love me if they really knew me, if they really saw me, if I gave them access to me, they would run. Does that resonate with anyone? This is rooted in a desire to not be seen, to not be seen by ourselves and to not be seen by others. And I'm not talking about any of this because I think the answer is to punish ourselves or to beat ourselves up. I mean, have you listened to this podcast? (laughs) I'm all about the exact opposite of that. 
This is about softening into acceptance and surrendering into presence. And those things require emotional tools and agility. And they only begin to work for us when we practice them. So this entire episode is an invitation to check in with yourself and find the places within yourself where you are so uncomfortable that you normally turn away. And instead, in that exact moment, find a practice that invites you back home to yourself to anchor into that wound and to sit there until you feel a sense of acceptance and liberation. Maybe the message of this whole year is that there is room for all of us to live out loud, to be flawed, to create, to explore, to try new things, to falter, to fail, to be good at something we never expected, to enjoy the process of learning, to strengthen new muscles, to reveal without shame, to encourage others, to clap more than we judge, and to build momentum for the whole team along the way. When we walk through this world with authenticity and humility, we give silent permission to the person beside us to do the same. I really believe that this whole year, maybe our lives moving forward, is all about embodiment. I don't think it's ever been about pointing fingers at other people. It has always been about embodiment, embodying the things that we believe, embodying the words we say. A really powerful line used in all 12-step programs is, we learn by attraction, not promotion. And if you started your day or you started this year by cutting someone down for stepping outside of whatever framework you put them in, you have a chance to turn that around starting today. Be a co-creator instead of a critic. Reminder, it's okay to ask questions that invite us to explore different or difficult parts of ourselves. This is life, not a beauty contest or a race to show off our highest evolution. The rush to be detached, to not name our humanness, to shy away from the profound lessons of Desire or of uncomfortable feelings is really just another way of looking in the mirror and saying, I don't want to know you. So many things take root in complete darkness. So many stories exist in our layers. Shining a light and sitting with them just means that we are comfortable with who we are, where we are, and doing what we're doing. Wouldn't it be wild and beautiful if our capacity to sit with the things that we dislike about ourselves was equivalent to our ability to share what we love about ourselves? I wanted to close this episode with a quote by Dream Hampton, and I wanted to invite you to apply it to your relationship with yourself before you apply it to a relationship with anyone else. And maybe that is a great first step in this process of coming home to ourselves. She says, Fulfillment and love come from honoring real emotional connections. Despair and chaos come from failing to rise to the occasion. So that's the invitation this week. Honor the emotional connections you have with yourself. Take note of the parts of yourself that make you want to turn away. 
and choose yourself over and over and over again. Rise to the occasion. Until next week, make sure to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast listening platform. Check out this week's playlist on my personal Spotify account. And join me on Instagram and TikTok for daily journal prompts at Love Letters and Mixtapes. If you enjoyed this episode, consider making a monthly donation to support this podcast by scrolling down to the notes section of this episode or by clicking the link in my Instagram bio.